Fake Show podcast welcomes our newest sponsor, the Craft House Brewery in Henderson, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas, Mr. Antenna, and Brew City Brand. It's The Fake Show with Jim Toffey. The late comedian Richard Pryor was known for his uncompromising examinations of racism and topical contemporary issues. He won an Emmy Award, five Grammy Awards, and picked up the first ever Kennedy Center Mark Twain Prize. A tough act to follow, especially if you are Pryor's firstborn and your name is Richard Pryor Jr. Richard Pryor Jr. is now sharing his up-and-down personal life story in a new book called In a Pryor life. I've got Richard Pryor Jr. on the line right now from New York City. Richard, how are you, sir? I'm fine. How are you? Very good. Congratulations on your book and a prior life. Thank you very much. You know, I'm very familiar with where you grew up in Peoria because I did radio there for a few years. Get out of here. Yeah. I'm just wondering, how was it for you growing up in that town? It was, I mean, it was okay. I thought everything was normal and everything. I I know I did. um, I remember one time when I realized that, you know, people looked at me a little different or things when uh, there was a movie The Wiz came out and my father was in and I remember going to the uh, the movies to actually see and I remember people watching me versus the movie just <laughs> like a weird kind of kind of feeling during that time because I'm always just you know just a little richy you know and stuff at home you know so you do start noticing certain things and you know and then uh, noticing you know the kindness of others but also knowing people that talk to you only because of who you were and really didn't like you and really didn't care for you and but would be in your face and smiling at you and but really couldn't stand you and just a lot of the jealousy when you know I'm just being the normal kid you know trying to grow up at home you know being the the kid of a famous person and I know that a lot of kids of athletes and and singers and things like that go through that what was your earliest memory in school of of kids realizing hey I just saw your dad on the Ed Sullivan show you're you're actually his kid aren't you I don't think I really really understood that until later I mean I would see his films and like when he did you know in the late 60s and you know, like busybody and different things like that. I remember those things, but really seeing people that for what they thought or anything, I really didn't feel the effects of that until probably uh, 7th and 8th grade and ninth grade in those in that time period when I really yeah. saw the difference and saw like the, you know, just the hate that some of the people had. And it was just horrible for the things I had to go through and not, you know, and not being able to fit in and not knowing where you you stood and where you could be and being comfortable. It was a difficult time for me. Yeah, middle school Middle school is hard enough without having to have all that baggage come with you, right? I'm telling you, yes, definitely. When your dad hit it big, was there a time, because I know that he left, he left for New York City and, and to tour and all that stuff. Was there a time where you were spending time with him maybe during the summers or, or how did that work for you? Yeah, when I... Uh, I first remember meeting him. I know I met him, you know, knew him prior to this, but when I had a recollection was probably when I was like around five years old, I remember uh, meeting him. But I know a couple of years later, when I was old enough to travel, I would actually travel on my own to California. And so, you know, I would get there and, you know, have somebody, you know, an attendant watching over me on the plane and all those things. And, and I would spend the summers and the holidays and things with Dad. So it was like I had, you know, the best of both worlds singing when he first started you know 
when he lived just in a regular little house, you know, in California and Hollywood Hills, to, you know, seeing years later when he's in mansions, living in huge homes and things like that. So that I think about those differences as far as her, as far as to see how his career went and being able to see the different levels of his, that he had achieved um, throughout those years. Your own life, you know, was constantly evolving. I know that you have done many things in your life, including going into the service. And uh, you actually did stand-up for a while? Did stand-up for a very little while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Difficult name, yeah. And I know that you have a brother who also did it, and and uh, I think I've seen you know stuff with him on YouTube. He, you talk about looking exactly and sounding like your dad, your brother, right? Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, it's the thing about it. You know, I I wish him the best in his career and what he does. The only thing with certain things, sometimes I hope he finds his own voice who he is and be able to find that because I think once you do that in your life and anything you do, I think you start to become really successful um, as far as that. But you've got to know who you are, not what people say you should be or say you should look like or all those things. It's okay to look something like somebody because you can't, obviously you can't help that. But I think a lot of times, even in his career, you know, you, you know, push to things where he wasn't ready for and all those kind of things. And I think it was more so people wanting that, wanting to capitalize off of things versus not even looking at the person because you're a commodity to, to a lot of these, uh, you know, whether it's managers or whoever they are, you're just a machine to make money for them and they can care less about your feelings. That's a good point. And, you know, it almost struck me as if he is uh, somebody who could play your dad in a movie or something like that. And that I'm not sure if yeah. he is finding his voice. So you, speaking of voice, you are, are, are still singing at this point, right? In New York City? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I love to sing. That's a, that gives me uh, life, <laughs> singing and performing. Anything, anytime I can do those things, I'm in heaven. I know that uh, your book was years in the making. Uh, you started and stopped and started again. Is that because there was there were just too many painful memories? I think painful memories uh, was a part of it, but also it took those years for me to be comfortable with my own skin and knowing who I was as a person. And I don't think I could truly write about what I had gone through unless I saw what I came out of. And I think that's what it took for me to be able to come out of some things and being able to look back and say, hey, I survived this. Look what I've gone through. Um, but because of the fact I know who I am as a person now and I actually truly genuinely, genuinely love myself and I don't want to be detrimental to me anymore or anything like that or hurt myself, I want to do this. And I think that's when the road for me to actually to actually get serious about it and not put it down when things got difficult to talk about but to go through that process of uh, of feeling and the uh, emotions that you go through for that I'm assuming that you got together with your dad in the later years yeah I got with him it took me I went for a period of six years without being able to see him because of his wife so um, yeah. I went for that period within there not being able to see him but I got to see him 11 months before he passed away, so I was happy with that and joyous with that and been able to hug him and love him and tell him how much I care for him. It sounds like it's going to be a great book. I can't wait to pick it up. It's Richard Pryor Jr. in a Prior Life, and it's available at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com.
Um, great talking to you, and, and good luck with the book. Thank you so very much. I appreciate it. You know, his dad was listed at number one in both Comedy Central and Rolling Stones lists of the greatest stand-up comedians of all time over contemporaries like George Carlin and Robert Klein. That brings us to the end of this episode of The Fake Show. I'm Jim Tofty. See you next time. Take The Fake Show on the road by listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. 